With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. I had to do a long drive across the U.S. to get back home after visiting a friend. I was 19, so naturally I was convinced I was invincible. I'm a female, and I had pulled into a mountain town and it was about 11pm. I was super tired, and although I was only 3 hours away from home, I knew it wouldn't be safe to continue driving, and for reference I'm 5 foot 2. I had plenty of cash on me, so I booked myself in for the night. The motel was really quiet with only two vehicles in the parking area, one of them being a large white van. I know how that sounds, but I didn't think anything of it. I mean, maybe it was the clerk's and he needed it for transporting things. The clerk was male, and I immediately got a sketchy vibe from him. He seemed hell-bent on creeping me out. His idea of making conversation was to say, A young girl like you ought to be careful, you know. These trees have witnessed many things around here. Pretty young things disappear all the time. I know, this sounds like a horror movie, but believe me, that's what it felt like. I think he was prompted to say this because he asked where I was headed, and I was deliberately vague with him. Just saying I was going somewhere important, but that I needed to rest before I continue. He kept pushing, asking if I was traveling alone. To which I just said, yeah, it's just me. Then he gave me this ominous warning. He was tall and skinny. He had ginger hair and really dark brown eyes, and he reeked of cigarette smoke. In fact, the whole check-in area stank of it. He told me he would be at the desk if I needed any help, which I thought was a weird way to word it, but I was too tired to dwell on it. I went to my room and made sure that my door was locked and the windows were covered. My room didn't smell bad and nothing seemed weird, that is, until I realized that none of the lights worked. I used my phone as a flashlight and went to the bed and there were cigarette butts all over it. The pillows were also wrecked. I could see stab marks on them and they looked filthy, just general grime as if they hadn't been washed in weeks. I realized there were cigarette butts inside the pillows where the stab holes were. I felt incredibly uneasy, but I told myself to not be ridiculous. I mean, there had to be a perfectly reasonable explanation, right? Maybe someone had scratched at them with long fingernails. I tried to reason with myself, but I couldn't ignore that uneasy feeling that I had in my stomach. I pulled the covers back, and the sheet was clean so I decided to sleep without anything over me. I lay there for probably half an hour, but I couldn't doze off. I fell to on edge and creeped out. Every noise from outside was creeping me out too. I kept telling myself to chill out. It's an unfamiliar environment, but that I can leave after a few hours of rest. Daylight would be here before I knew it. I must have dozed off at some point, 
but not for very long. I awoke with a start, heart hammering in my chest. The door was being knocked, and I grabbed my phone to check the time. It was like 1.15am, so I hadn't been asleep for very long. I felt uneasy. I mean, who the hell would be knocking at my door at this time? There was no peephole, and I had the curtains drawn so I couldn't see outside, but I was scared to look. Yet I knew that I had to. I got up very cautiously and gripped my phone, ready to use it as a weapon if need be. I moved the curtain and I could see the outline of a tall guy, and I realized it was the clerk. Confused and still feeling on edge, I opened the door slightly. I was still shielding myself so he couldn't burst in. His face was blank and he just looked at me. I said hello and I looked down at his hand and I realized he was holding a cup. It was one of those takeout coffee cups that you get in cafes. It had a lid on it and I couldn't see what was inside. He held it out to me and he said that he knew I was tired from my trip and that he thought he'd get me some caffeine. I was confused and I didn't answer due to my confusion. He gestured towards me again and I finally just said, What? He looked at me and explained that he had got me a coffee because I was tired from my long drive and he thought it would help me. My uneasiness spiked to new levels and I felt a sense of dread creep over me. I told him that was nice, but that I would be fine after a good night's rest, but thank you anyways, and then went to shut the door. He wedged his foot in the door and insisted that I take the drink, that he'd got it specifically for me. I felt really uncomfortable. I'm not stupid, and I don't care if it sounds paranoid. I know better than to accept a drink from a stranger, especially this guy in these circumstances. Instead of insisting on declining though, I decided it would be best to accept it, so I took it cautiously from him. I was afraid he would grab my arm or something, but luckily for me he didn't. He just smiled at me and it felt sinister. He told me to take it easy before he walked away. As he walked away, I quickly shut the door and locked it again, and I stood at the curtain staring outside. I saw him go over to the white van in the parking lot and then get in the passenger side. I felt sick. I took the lid off the coffee, and only then did I realize it wasn't very hot. I wondered how long it had been sitting for. It wasn't iced. I could smell coffee, but I knew better than to risk taking a sip of it. I wasn't sure what to do. I was afraid to leave in case he ambushed me or followed me. My car wasn't far away, but still. He could follow me in his van if I drove out or run at me. And what if he had other people waiting, watching me? What if he came back later? Surely he knew I'd locked the door. So if he drugged me, he couldn't do anything. I mean, could he? But maybe he had a master key to all the rooms and he could get in despite me locking the door. Or he could smash a window and jump in and get me that way. So many scenarios and questions were running through my head as I peeped out the window. I was way too frightened to go to sleep. I felt like I was in a horror game and this was my safe room. But I knew I had to get out of here and fast. By the grace of God, the bathroom windows were big. The motel rooms were on the ground floor, so I had an idea. 
I left the coffee on the floor of the main room and I went into the bathroom. I'd looked in there before sleeping, but hadn't paid close attention to the windows. I reckoned I could just about squeeze out of it. It was above the bathtub and not very high. I knew I had to try and it would take me out to behind the building. I opened it as wide as I could and hoisted myself upwards. I managed to get out thanks to being short and thin. I landed hands and faced first, but it didn't matter. At least I was out of that motel room undetected. I had my phone in my jeans pocket so it was safe and thankfully it didn't fall out and smash or anything. I felt like I was in a guerrilla warfare movie or something. I crouched down and crept very slowly to the edge of the building and I could see into the parking lot. I knew that the clerk still had to be in the van, but of course, it was way too dark to really see anything. It was then that I thought about how he was in the passenger side, meaning someone was behind the wheel. Had they been there when I arrived? Was this all a pre-planned thing? I had to take some deep breaths to calm myself down. I didn't have strong phone service. I could have tried calling the cops, but the signal was just so weak up in these mountains. It was even worse where I stood at the back of the motel area, and I was scared the light would attract unwanted eyes to find me. I hid away behind the motel for a long time. I was way too afraid to move. I knew that I had to time this perfectly or something disastrous could occur. I had to bide my time. It was really bitterly cold outside, and I was shivering, but I had to stand there and wait. I stood for a long time, I don't know how long, until I then heard a noise. I carefully peeked around the side and saw the white van doors then open. The clerk got out with another man who looked pretty similar to him. Both were ginger, tall and skinny. Maybe they were brothers or related in some way. They disappeared out of sight, and I darted out of sight too, petrified. I felt incredibly vulnerable, and my heart was racing in terror. I could hear movement, but I wasn't sure what they were doing. I then heard footsteps approach, and then I heard the clerk then say, I'll knock, and I then heard knocking on a motel door, and I knew it had to be mine. I could barely breathe, I was so scared. I heard more knocking before another voice then said, I think it worked. This voice was higher than the clerk's, with an eerie calmness to it, as if they were talking about the weather. I knew in that moment that the coffee had been drugged. I knew it. More knocks proceeded, and I heard the jingle of keys as someone fiddled with them. A sinking feeling came over me. I was right to think it was possible the clerk had some sort of master key that would open the door despite it being locked. I started to panic more though. If they went in and didn't see me, would they check the bathroom? I hadn't shut the window behind me. It was still wide open, so they'd find me. I knew that I had to act now and fast. I couldn't mess this up or I was done for. They were clearly planning something very sinister. I heard two sets of footsteps enter the motel room and I darted, refusing to look back. I couldn't hear anything around me except my own heartbeat. I jumped into my car and sped out of that parking lot without darting to look behind me at any point. I was trembling, but I couldn't stop. I knew that I had to drive no matter what. 
I didn't stop driving until I got home. When I finally got home, I just sat in the living room and I was shaking. It was 5 a.m. and my parents were still asleep. When they woke up, I told them everything that happened and they called the police. I didn't sleep until like 11 a.m. that day and I had to wake up at 1 p.m. just to make sure I could sleep later that night. The police took me seriously and they went to the motel that I described, but they didn't find any evidence of wrongdoing. The van was there, but there was nothing inside it. The clerk was there, but he was apparently alone. There was no sign of another man. The coffee was gone, and apparently my motel room bed only had a sheet and nothing else on it. I'd begged the police to do something because this guy had clearly had a creepy plan set up for me, but they told me there was nothing else they could do. It's been a few years since all this happened, and it put me off motels for life as well as driving super long distances. I'd much rather stick to getting on a plane to take me wherever I need to go. I feel like the stars aligned for me that night in some ways. I'm lucky I'm short, even though I've always longed to be taller. I'm not sure a taller person would fit through that window. I ignored my instincts a little, but at least I knew something was up and I was on edge enough to be aware. I'm so glad that I didn't drink that coffee. I feel extremely lucky that he didn't insist I drink it in front of him or something. I really hope nothing like this happens to anyone else. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. My name is Darrell. Many years ago, I used to work night shift at a hotel in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. During the season, it wasn't so bad mostly just families and stuff. We had on-site security then too. However, in the off-season during the winter months, it was different. The cheap weekly rates that we'd offer attracted a lot of creepy people. The idea was supposed to make money in the off-season by renting into what's known as snowbirds, old retired people who came to the beach for a month or more through the winter. It didn't always work out that way though. The cheap rates made it possible for a less than desirable element to become long-term residents. I've discovered more than my fair share of meth labs, broken up physical assaults, and much more during the winter months. Working third shift, I would meet some interesting people. The cold weather would mean some homeless people would come in and get warm and grab a cup of free coffee. I wasn't supposed to let them, but it's not in me to be cruel. I would let them grab a coffee and get warm for a minute, as long as they didn't cause trouble. As you can see, night shift in the winter made for some crazy and sometimes creepy stories. I have a lot, but this is the one that stands out, because it didn't end well for me. I had a great night up to this point. I had gone up to an indie wrestling show with my best friend before work. In fact, I had agreed to come in an hour early the next night for the young lady that worked the second shift in exchange for her working an hour late for me on this night. 
you know, so I could enjoy the wrestling show. Ironically enough, I met Terry Funk that night, a wrestling legend known for his hardcore and bloody matches. Little did I know I was about to experience this kind of violence for real. I was supposed to be there at midnight due to her working over an hour for me. I normally came in at 11pm. I counted the register and she briefed me on her shift as to what happened per usual. As she was leaving, my friend who we'll call Andrew had pulled up. He works second shift maintenance at this hotel and the other two hotels that our company owned. He would regularly stop by after work and go grab us some food, and we would play World of Warcraft on our laptops after eating for a while since business was so slow. He was just getting my money in order for food and getting ready to leave. I was excitedly telling him about how much fun I had during the wrestling show, and I was showing him my Terry Funk t-shirt that I was so proud of. I was just walking into the back office to put the shirt up when I heard the doorbell, indicating a customer had entered. It's true what they say, not for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. I had turned around when I heard someone say something loudly, but I still couldn't make out what they had said. I had reached the doorway when I just saw Andrew just fall down in front of me. The next thing I know, a guy walks around the corner and punches me in the head with a short steel pipe in his hand. It staggered me, and I went to one knee. The next thing I know, he hits me in the head with a pipe. The next thing I know, I hear the other guy who I hadn't noticed to this moment say he got away and got a cop. They left out the door. I was finally able to get to my feet. I tried to call the police from the phone in the back office, but it was having issues. I then slammed it in frustration. I was hurting and I was scared. I was really freaking out. I realized that they could come back, so I ran and locked the door. I didn't know where Andrew had gone, and that had worried me. I called 911 about this time, and blood had started pouring down my head. I told the operator that I had been attacked and that I needed an officer and an ambulance. I then called the other hotel we ran to let the night manager named Travis, who was over all three properties, what happened. He thought that I was messing with him at first because when we got bored, we would prank each other. I finally convinced him that I wasn't joking. He was going to lock up and come down. The cops and ambulance pulled up and I opened the door. It was at this time that I found out that after they sucker punched him and knocked him down, Andrew was able to amazingly jump over the desk and escape just as a cop was driving by, which he ran to to flag down for help. I ended up in the hospital ER where I had to have 10 staples in my scalp, and they gave me morphine for pain. I had no way to get home after being treated, but the doctors and nurses took pity on me and paid for a cab. My plan was to go back to work because this was December and Christmas was coming. I had three kids, and I needed all the hours I could get. When I got back to the hotel, the guy Ted was there with his wife Barbara, who also worked at the front desk. She was shocked to see me. She thought that I would still be in the hospital. I thought that I had only been hit in the head once after being punched, but the video which Ted was pulling for the police showed a different story. After I went to one knee, the guy had not hit me just one time, but he had hit me a total of ten times in the head. I kept trying to grab the pipe and get up for some reason. I don't remember that. I guess I was really out on my feet. 
He kept punching me and hitting me with the pipe. That is until his friends tell him that Andrew got away and went and got the cops. That's when the two of them then run out. I was given a room at the other hotel we own, and Ted and Barbara gave me a lift there as I was in no condition to drive due to the morphine. They also gave me a paid week off to heal. They switched me over to the other hotel on night shift for about a month just in case they were after me in particular. We never found out why they chose to attack me. The police thought that it might be a failed strong arm robbery due to Andrew getting away and me just not going down. It really shook me up though not knowing. Even though I was at our other hotel, when I came back to work night shift I was still nervous. Every time the door chimed I tensed up. I couldn't afford to quit though. As I said I had three kids that I was supporting. They never caught the guys as far as I know. A detective stopped by only about two months later when I was working the second shift. He showed me several mugshots and he asked me if any of them looked familiar. I never got a good look at them as it all happened so fast. I had seen the video which wasn't really the best quality. Even so, the two of them looked very familiar like I had seen them. I pointed them out and he asked me how sure I was and I told him I was honestly like 85%. He then yelled and he asked me if I wanted someone to go to jail for attempted murder on 85%. I was stunned into silence. I was the victim here. I was attacked for no reason and he's now yelling at me like it's my fault that I was too busy being attacked to get a good look at them. I no longer work at that hotel on night shift, but I am glad because it's just way too dangerous in this area. This happened almost a year ago. It was around November of last year and I was going on a trip to Istanbul, Turkey. But before that, I want to mention that I'm a male from the US and I've been traveling to certain countries since the last, say, maybe around five to six years. I normally go to other countries to look at certain cultures and all that stuff. Normally, I travel with my friend who I'll call Alex. Alex and I go to certain countries, mostly around Asia, but one trip wasn't anything good. I told my mom that I was going to Istanbul that time along with Alex, and I went to take a flight there. I'm pretty sure it was a 17-hour flight going there, but when I arrived, I decided to book a hotel along with Alex. It wasn't a cheap hotel, however. Then it was around the second day of my trip, and I went to Taxcom Square to a restaurant to eat with Alex. I really couldn't remember what restaurant I was at. It was a very busy day out. When I was still eating, though, I had heard something very unusual. It was like a thunder type of noise, but it was like around the distance. It echoed, but it was still loudly drum-fired. I then saw people starting to scream and began running. Alex, who was shaking in fear, then said, Dude, what the fuck was that? What the fuck's going on? Then we heard and saw police cars and ambulances driving by. There was an explosion around Istiklal Avenue. It was an apparent bombing that had occurred. I texted my mom that I was okay and that Alex and I weren't in the blast. Later on, we went back to the U.S., However, we had watched videos of the aftermath of the explosion. Dear God, 
It was absolutely the most horrible thing to see a bunch of bodies laying in the streets. I won't completely go into full detail on what happened, but it was truly traumatizing. I've heard there's been a controversy on who was truly behind the blast, but the assailant wasn't a man. It was a woman named Alam al-Bashir, who was later caught. Alex and I are absolutely thankful that this didn't happen to us and we didn't get caught in the crossfire. It was absolutely shocking what we witnessed. I still can't believe it happened. Hey everyone, that's about it for today's stories. If you have your own story that you would like to send, you can send it in at southerncannibal.com or you can email it at southerncannibalstories at gmail.com. I look forward to telling your story. Have a good night or good day, everyone. And remember, to always, stay.